Welcome. This is Out of the Ordinary Books, where we believe that the books we read help us better understand the lives we lead. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And every week we share an Out of the Ordinary book and how it can help you make sense of your story too. These aren't book reviews or recommendations. These are conversations about some of our best friends, worst enemies, toughest coaches, most passionate lovers, and kindest teachers that line our bookshelves. We hope these conversations help you see the deeper story hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. There are many days that I wake up and wonder if I'm okay. If I'm okay in relation to the world around me, the work I'm doing, the way people perceive me. And there are very few people I trust as the compass to point me back to the truth that we are all of us wildly more than just okay. We are deeply beloved because we are both known and loved by a God who inhabits our insides. Kristen Strong is one of those people. I have texted her at all times of the day and the night for this reassurance, and her writing is the same as her voice, with its southern drawl wrapped lovingly around the drawn-out syllables of the word, darling, that she will wrap you up in, reminding us all that we belong. In this book, Back Roads to Belonging, Kristen is a vulnerable, tender friend, sharing her own frustrated, boot-stomping, door-kicking, desperately lonely, sometimes struggles with life when it feels like it's being lived on the outside of whatever in looks like to you. A longtime military wife who collected zip codes like some of us collect mugs, Christian shares how she feels like she has never been on the fast track to fitting in. Instead, she's learned to embrace the meandering back roads of her Oklahoma heritage that take the winding route to finding where we are made to fit. Kristen has been the voice inside every woman's head at some point when we have doubted where we belong in the world, sometimes paralyzed by the fear of fitting in, and need a new map for figuring out our place in the world. Christy and I are delighted to welcome Kristen to the podcast today as she shares a reading from her book, Back Roads to Belonging, Unexpected Paths to Finding Your Place and Your People. Back Roads to Belonging. Unexpected Paths to Finding Your Place in Your People by Kristen Strong. Chapter 1. Sitting Out The truth is, we often wait for clarity, but God wants us to confide in Him about the actual journey and how we're doing on it more than about getting to the destination. Bonnie Gray, Whispers of Rest I marched right out of that gathering room and down the short hall and swung open the bathroom door. I made a beeline for the nearest stall, slammed its door shut, then kicked it with all the might my size 10 cowboy boots could muster. And then I kicked it again, enjoying the satisfaction found in rattling the heavy metal door. Yes, I suppose it wasn't a particularly dignified thing to do, but I didn't care. I don't remember if there were others in the bathroom with me. To borrow a phrase of my daddy's, I was as mad as a wet hornet, and I didn't give a lick about appearances. In that moment, my anger came out in the best way I knew to express it. What caused my bathroom fit? 
Well, let me backtrack a bit. At one point along my journey as wife to a man in the United States Air Force, I found myself in the 83rd situation, give or take, I never exaggerate, of being the newest girl in town. Within that town, we had been attending a church for over a year. In my mind, we were well past the point where when acquaintances should stop being acquaintances and start being friends. I walked into our church for an evening function and scanned the familiar room looking for someone with whom I could converse. While I'd been with these good folks many times before, I was still new enough that I didn't yet know everyone in the large group. As my eyes swept from one end of the room to the other, I noticed everyone was huddled in pairs or trios, talking intently with one another. So I plopped down in the seat near me and placed my purse beside the chair. I scanned again, looking for a comfortable break in a cluster where I could easily and nonchalantly saunter over and say hello. Coming up empty, I wrung my hands one over the other like I was washing them without soap and water, like I was trying to wash out those nervous feelings creeping up in my heart. After some time, with no conversation appearing approachable, I walked over to the dessert table, picked up a napkin and a plastic plate, and placed a hearty slice of lemon cake on it. I went back to my seat to eat the cake, thankful I had something in my hands on which to focus. With every bite, I glanced up to see if I could make eye contact with anyone, but I couldn't. I've been here before more than once, and while time has taught me how to handle being a wallflower just fine, this time it got to me, so I stood up and walked calmly but purposely out of the meeting room to the bathroom, where I let my frustration and just plain sadness have their way. After kicking the door, I crossed my arms and said, why can't I just enjoy myself here and not feel like the loser at the party? When will I know I belong? I cried like a woman who was heart-weary from the work that getting to know people entails. I cried like a woman tired from all the effort repeatedly invested in finding my place. I was certain that by the time I started to feel like I belonged, it would be time for our family to move once again. I do understand that being in these situations from time to time is not exactly newsworthy. It's just a part of life, really. But if you're someone like me who's had to do it over and over again, well, you know, it's just plain exhausting and more than a little disheartening. The crux of the problem for me was this. I thought more than enough time had passed for me to have gained a sense of belonging within this community. However, I couldn't seem to get anyone else on board with this. In other words, the way things were messed up the way things were supposed to be. You probably have your own I wish I could belong here story too. Whether in the past or present or both, you may have been placed in communities that didn't fit well or maybe even in a home that wasn't warm, accepting or inviting. You wonder if you'll always be on the fringes of acceptance and never own a sense of place. You feel separated and resentful believing your undesirable right now is the best thing you have going for you. When this happens to me, it's like I'm in the middle of a softball game, but am perennially banished to the dugout where I sit eating peanuts and tossing their shells. I want to play, but my team is doing well enough without me, so I warm the bench. While it's perfectly healthy to acknowledge these feelings rather than act like they're not there, it's also good to acknowledge the hope found in the fact that God never intended for us to feel that way. 
He doesn't see you and me as sitting on the outside, and he doesn't want us to see ourselves in that light either. We belong in his home country of the kingdom of faith, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, the message. As a result, you and I are never in the margin of God's best for us, but in the middle. So if something doesn't fit within our communities, it's more likely either it isn't supposed to or it doesn't fit yet. Having actually been a subpar softball player who spent her fair share of time on the bench, I can look at that scenario with grown-up eyes and see it within its proper context. Either I didn't play much because the coach knew more about what was best for the team, or softball just wasn't my game. And I can't begin to tell you the degree to which softball wasn't mine. I come from a family that's neck deep in sports talent, and I got approximately 0% of it. While I'm now okay with having different skills and talents, there was a period of time in my young life when I wanted nothing more than to be able to pitch or catch a fly ball like my sisters. I'd have given away my Cabbage Patch doll to hit a line drive like one of my cousins, or hit the ball at all, really. Alas, my best work on the field was praying the ball never came to me so I wouldn't have to figure out what to do with it when it did. What I'm saying here is softball or any sport really, just ain't my game. It's the same when considering our belongingness, I think. God knows the big picture, and He may be asking each of us to give more time for our sense of place to develop. Or it's possible He has in mind for us to take another path toward our place of belonging. Because sometimes we have to first try something that doesn't fit in order to find the thing that does. It saddens me to no end that many people, overwhelmed by hopelessness, give up before they get that experience of the right fit within their communities. And within that group, many permanently give in to hopelessness. According to the CDC, the suicide rate in our country is up 30% since 1999. While this rate is up among both men and women in all racial and ethnic groups and across all neighborhoods, middle-aged adults had the largest number of suicides and the highest increase in suicide rates. Not long ago, my adopted town of Colorado Springs had the singular distinction of being both one of the top five places to live in the United States and a place with one of the nation's worst suicide rates. While attending a suicide awareness program put on by my kids' school district, I discovered that in Colorado, one in 14 students attempt suicide. That would be unfathomable to me if it weren't for the fact that kids at my own children's high school and youth group were among those lost. There are several factors that come into play with suicide, difficulty in getting quality mental health care, and the legitimate contagion factor, to name two. But research tells us that while counseling, a good diet, and other aids can help, another important way to combat suicidal thoughts is to have a strong sense of belonging, a place, and a people. The world tells us we have everything we need within us to overcome any obstacle, reach any dream, and soar any skyline. But eventually, you and I are going to come to the end of ourselves. We're going to realize we don't have what it takes on our own because we don't. Eventually, we'll land smack dab in the middle of our limitations and discover our own variety of banged up disappointments and unforeseen hardships. If I'm the beginning and the end of all available bootstrap strength, then I'm in a rather hopeless state indeed. 
This is where we see the hope found in our Heavenly Father and His Son Jesus, highlighted like a comet shooting across the ebony black sky. We have this hope as a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, New Living Translation. And that hope walks with us in this sin-muddled, difficult life. It doesn't matter what circumstances land in our lap. We have infinite hope because we have an infinite God who is just getting started at impossible. You think you're the exception to the rule and you'll never belong? Not true. He may ask you and me to sit out for an inning or a game, but He doesn't ask us to sit out on life altogether. It doesn't matter how others have treated us because only God's opinion of us counts. He absolutely desires each of us to have a place of belonging, but it may require a good bit of wandering to reach it. When I'm trying to participate in something that doesn't yet fit, Can I consider sitting out as an opportunity to discern if I'm holding my desire to belong in a specific group or location in a higher place than I should? Is sitting out an opportunity to discover if being out of this group means God wants me in another? Or if He wants me to know I'm in in another way? It's well worth our time to consider sitting out as a back road way to finding our place of belonging. It just might be the gift that allows you and me the opportunity to evaluate our position within where we want to belong and where God calls us to belong. Back in that bathroom, this is exactly what I sought to do. Evaluate my position. And it occurred to me that just as I can offer myself as a willing participant within a group, I can't demand they accept my offer. Just as Jesus doesn't demand, we accept His presence in our lives. We rest knowing that extending the offer is where the back road blessings are. And walking with God along the slower-paced back road way, we begin to see how to involve Him within our everyday lives. And we also see how He's already involved. So on that evening, sitting in the bathroom, I remembered that within the large gathering room, I did not move alone. I breathed deeply enough to raise my shoulders and my confidence. I left that stall, walked to the sink to wash my hands, and gave myself a quick pep talk in the mirror. I calmly but deliberately walked out of the bathroom and into the meeting room toward a duo of ladies in conversation. Sitting myself down beside them, I said, How's your day going, girls? They answered with kind eyes and inviting conversation. No furrowed brows or who invited you stares. So I tossed my expectations over my shoulder and instead offered them the opportunity to take my hand of friendship. Whether they took it or not, I refused the temptation to get off the path toward finding my place of belonging. I breathed in and out and silently repeated these words like a prayer. I will be where Christ wants me in this moment. May you and I stay on the back road that invites us to remember we are never pushed out of our home country of the kingdom of faith. While we may spend time sitting out, that time spent won't be wasted. It's just a necessary part of finding our place and our people. We are in the center of God's plans for us, our forever belonging place. Traveling Companions, Job and Job's Wife 
I can't begin to imagine what it would feel like to experience the loss that Job endured. Within the span of minutes, he lost his very livelihood, his oxen, donkeys, sheep, and camels, to raids and fire. He lost his servants who cared for his livestock. Most devastating of all, however, Job lost his sons and daughters when the house they were dining in collapsed on top of them. From Job chapter 1, verses 13 to 19. Sometime later, sores plagued Job from head to toe. In her own particularly low moment, Job's wife told him to curse God and die. Job responded to her with a resounding no through these words. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? Job chapter 2 verses 9 through 10. To be clear, Job never credited God with the evil, the loss he experienced. Rather, he eventually realized it was a trial God allowed Satan to deliver because God knew it would bring about future spiritual gain. Within the pages of scripture, Job's wife goes down as a disagreeable woman at best and a villain at worst. St. Augustine refers to her as the devil's accomplice. And while there is good reason to see her in that light, she spoke from a place of hopelessness. A place of fearing, she and her husband had been pushed outside of their home country of the kingdom of faith. From Mrs. Job's perspective, the way things were had messed up the way things were supposed to be, and she wanted Job to deal with it via the quickest route possible. I can see why she was tempted to give in to the hopelessness that shrouded her like a heavy blanket in the desert heat. You and I may not actually curse God for our loss of belonging, although I can't say for certain what I'd do if my children and my livelihood were gone in one fell swoop. However, we can probably identify with that feeling of hopelessness that was at the root of Mrs. Job's words. And we can be strengthened by Job's hopeful response that God had not abandoned him. Job chapter 42, verses 10 through 17. Because God didn't abandon Job, and he won't abandon us either. A belong blessing. When you struggle to find your belonging place, know you don't struggle alone. Even as you question where you're supposed to be and with whom, may you model Job and never stop blessing God's name. Even as you feel anger and frustration from unfavorable circumstances being not what you hoped, may God fill you with his infinite hope and reassure you that because of Christ, you are still very much in his favor. May where you want to belong, dear one, and where God calls you to belong, be one and the same. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 